Hi. Welcome back. Thanks. Long time no see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're still at it. We're still at it. It's way past our bedtimes. My eyes are watering. Yeah. Well, <laughs> looking at me. Yeah. Are you crying tears of joy? No. Just oh. start the summary. <gasps> Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelly, and this is a Court of Theories podcast where we deep dive all things Akatar, Throne of Glass, and Crescent City. This podcast contains spoilers. Anyways, <laughs> so this is How the Birth and Blood, chapter recap for chapters 49 through 72. So this is stop number three out of four in the chunk of chapters out of this Crescent City book. So we start out in chapter 49, and we have just come back from last episode where they tried to accuse Sabine of killing Danica, and it's kind of, it's kind of a whole thing. I don't know if you guys remember from last week. So Sabine says that she didn't kill Danica and swapped the footage to protect her, and then Hunt accuses her of sending in the demon, but she has no idea what they're talking about because she has been waiting for them all night. Because remember, she jumps out and is like, rah, on the <laughs> on the rooftop. Amelie's watching from like across the street. <laughs> yeah, basically Sabine is Santa where she's up on the rooftop. Yeah, and Amelie's being a creep. In case they stepped out of line, I'm like, what's she going to do? Anyways, <clears throat> so then I have a quote from the book that says, Sabine said, and as... For what I said the night she died, Danica couldn't keep her mouth shut about anything. I knew she'd stolen the horn and knew someone probably killed her for it because she couldn't keep quiet. Another cold laugh. Everything I did was to protect my daughter, my reckless, arrogant daughter. Everything you did encouraged the worst in her. Hunt's growl rent the night. Careful, Sabine. But the alpha just snorted. You'll regret crossing me. She strolled for the edge of the roof, her power thrumming in a faint glow around her as she assessed the same leap that Bryce had so stupidly considered a year and a half ago. Only Sabine would be able to gracefully land on the pavement. Sabine looked back over a thin shoulder, her lengthening teeth gleaming as she said, I didn't kill my daughter, but if you jeopardize her legacy, I will kill you. Dun, dun, dun. I don't really get, what, what is Sabine's deal? She's just a, a bitch. Like what? Same what, with Amelie. What is her beef with Bryce? I think Amelie liked Connor. So, I mean, I get that. But, like, Sabine. But, my like, God, you're grown-ass women. Don't be say, playing. Hunt literally says, which maybe it's in the next chapter. I don't remember where it is. But he's, Bryce has no record. Danica's record was, like, huge. Yeah. He's like, if anything, Danica was the one dragging Bryce down. And I'm almost wondering if it's one of those things where Danica truly, we're not Danica fans. Sorry. We're not Danica stands. I do think that Danica obviously cared for Bryce in a facet to where it was convenient. It was a uh, love of convenience, but no matter what, she definitely cared about Bryce more than she ever cared about her mother. And I do think that it's just that jealousy of Maybe. seeing your daughter love somebody else way more than they were ever going to love you. But whenever you dress up like a frigid bitch for Halloween, try not to look so constipated, Sabine. What's that from? Mean Girls. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I love it. All right, and then we're at the big chapter 5-0. So obviously Bryce is pretty distraught about the bombshell that Sabine dropped um, about not killing Danica. And 
Hunt had to take care of himself to cool off after their moment on the roof. And by take care of himself, I'll let you read that. He needed a quiet moment. Hunt doesn't believe that Sabine is lying about Danica stealing the horn because Bryce just can't wrap her head around that Danica would do such a thing. So then Rune shows up to the library and Lahaba was, you didn't, I don't know if I like, it just breaks my heart that she's like kind of a ghost of a person and Hunt like says for five days, she barely ate. Every morning he made her breakfast. Every morning she ignored the plate he laid out. <laughs> Hunt <laughs> was trying to keep it light. Sorry. About him uh, doing the dirty to himself. But uh, what? He's also putting in the emotional work. I know. Okay. Listen, it's it's the work all the way around, top to bottom. I'm obsessed with Lahaba being obsessed with Rune. I know. So Lahaba was clearly Your the highness. only one excited that Rune was there. <laughs> one thing that I thought was interesting was about the Star Sword. The Star Sword doesn't reflect the light in the library. I mean, it's literally absorbing the light. I just thought that was just a unique detail. And then apparently Declan did not tell Rune about Sabine. Whoops. Whoopsie poopsie. And then Hunt can't stop thinking about how his power had sputtered and died in his veins thanks to the Crystallos venom. Hunt talks about the Gorzian stone shackles that he had adorned before the witches put his tattoo on his brow. Uh, witch, witch spells and Gorzian stones negate magic. And then I have Rune motion to the ancient book he'd left on the table days ago, still open to a passage about the Starborn Fae. If the Star Eater himself put his essence in the Crystallos, that's probably what gave the demon the ability to eat magic. Just as Prince Peleus's blood gave it to the ability to look for the horn. So then Rune tells them about the Medwitch that he had met and her theory on the synthetic magic that could possibly heal the horn and that it's readily available. Bryce slips up asking about Danica stealing the horn and then tells Rune all about what they know. Cause Rune is, like, I'm sorry, what the fuck? Yeah. She's <laughs> like, we don't know if Danica stole the horn on a lark or for some actual purpose. And Rune's like, Danica did what? Yeah. I'm sorry, but, <laughs> and so then Bryce asked Rune if his sword could help find the horn. She waved a hand at Rune's sword. That thing can't help, help you find it. I still think luring the killer with the horn is probably the most surefire way to find them. Rune shook his head. The sword doesn't work like that. Aside from being picky about who draws it, the sword has no power without the knife. The knife? Hunt asks. Rune drew the sword, the metal whining, and laid it on the table between them. Bryce leaned back away from it as a bead of starlight sang down the fuller and sparkled at the tip. Just the tip. It wants her baby. Yeah, it does. Fancy, Hunt said. <laughs> I just want him to have that southern drawl like, uh, is it? Flynn has. Like Flynn has. Fancy. Uh, earning a glare from Rune, who raised a brow at Bryce, no doubt expecting some kind of reverence from her at a sword that was older than this city, older than the veneer's first steps in Midgard. And then this is whenever Rune tells us that the sword was part of a pair. A long bladed knife was forged from the Iridian mind from the same meteorite, which fell on our old world. The world that the Fae had left to travel through the Northern Rift and into Midgard. Him. But we lost the knife eons ago. No, you didn't. We know who's got it. 
Yeah, it's a bat daddy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, even the Faye archives have no record of how it might have been lost. But it seems to have been sometime during the first wars. It's another of the Faye's countless inane prophecies, Bryce muttered, when knife and sword are reunited, so shall our people be. It's literally carved above the Faye Archives entrance, and Rune goes, whatever the fuck it means. Oh, you're going to find out. You find out. Classic SJM. Whatever that means. Whatever that Nobody means. Nobody knows. No one can remember. Yeah. Highlight, highlight, highlight. Highlight, highlight it, highlight it again, mm-hmm. and put it in your notes. And then Lahaba would love to see the Faye Archives, and then she's like, think of all the ancient history, all those glorious objects. And then Bryce says, kept locked away, only for their pure-blooded heirs to see which she glanced at Rune. Rune held up his hands. I've tried to get them to change the rules, he said. No luck. They let visitors in on major holidays, Lahaba said, only from an approved list, Bryce said. And fire sprites are not on it. Lahaba rolled over onto her side, propping her head up with a fiery hand. They would let me in. I am a descendant of Queen Ranthea Drawl. Yeah, and I'm the seventh Asteri, Bryce said dryly. It's Olivia's favorite part of the entire book. And I'm the seventh Asteri. Are you? Maybe. Bryce Adelaide Quinlan. And then, of course, Lahaba's like, I am. She was my six times great grandmother, dethroned in the elemental wars. Our family was cast from favor. And then that's whenever Bryce says the story changes every time, which I'm like, usually whenever we get interrupted things, what? What was the rest of Lahaba's history? Like I texted you earlier. I, What if they're the little forest folk from Throne of Glass and they came over and... I'm obsessed with Elizabeth Evans' voice for Lahaba. I know. I love it. A little more than a bird in a cage. Yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> you know, oh, Abby. She's like so whiny and cute and it, I just love her so it's much. It's so cute. <laughs> and then Lahaba talks about that they stood a chance for earning back the title. Her great-grandmother was booted from the Eternal City for... And then booted, yes, for a completely false accusation of trying to steal the royal consort from the imposter queen. And then I just like that she says she'd be thrashing in her ashes. <laughs> Anyways, a uh, little more than a bird in a cage. And so then I like that Bryce is says that the Autumn King is afraid of Rune. Uh, because his daddy is scared of him. <laughs> And then Rune is, he outranks me power-wise and title-wise. And then Bryce is, and yet he made sure to get you under his thumb as early as possible, as if you were some sort of animal to be tamed. And then Rune says, it was going well until you came along. And I'm like, why you got to do that? That is I'm like flipping through my Kindle, like following along. And I love (laughs) the voice of Lahaba. She's like, they're talking about how her people fought with, hunt and that's when they lost all their freedom yeah and hunts i'm sorry and she's like oh i don't blame you athy and whatever and then they're talking um about avalon a little bit and rune saying that like the people the fey on that island are even less welcoming than the ones here (laughs) they do like to hoard all their wealth don't they lahaba said eyeing bryce just like you bb only spending on yourself and never (laughs) anything nice for me bryce removed her foot do I not buy you strawberry shisha every other week? Lahaba, Elizabeth Evans is Lahaba. She's like, that's barely a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. That's barely, barely a, a gift. gift. Uh, 
Sorry, I just love that part. No, honestly, any of... Says the sprite who hotboxes herself in that little glass dome. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, the La Haba banter... Yeah. ...is, really is good. too good. Um, Let's see. Oh, and then I just like how it's Hunt braced himself for the brewing storm. And Bryce said, he was alive the last time a starborn prince appeared, you know. You ever ask what happened to him, why he died before he made the drop? Rune paled. Don't be stupid. That was an an accident during his ordeal. Or was it? Hmm. Hmm. So then Bryce gets sent an otter by Therian and she loses her mind. It was the highlight of her entire life. It, of course, comes with graphic photos. <laughs> but not the kind of graphic photos that we normally like. For all of you crime junkies out there. This is the graphic <laughs> photos that you like. Is that a body hunt grunted? It's what's left of one after Therian pried it from a Sobex lair. Uh, clocking in at more than 25 feet and nearly 3,000 pounds. Three, 3,000. Scale covered muscle. Sobex were among the worst of the apex predators who prowled the river. Um, is that a real thing? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure there's something in mythology. Mean, strong, and with teeth that could snap you in two. A full-grown male Sobek could make most veneer back away. And then Hunt chuckled. He's insane. And then Bryce says, oh, he most certainly is. Sobek is a crocodile god within Egyptian mythology and religion. It's scary. Not going to lie. But it just looks like a really muscular, scaled humanoid with a crocodile head. So the dragon's bride by Katie Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then he says the bite mark on the torso aren't consistent with Sobek teeth. This person was already dead when they were dumped into the Eastros. Sobek must have seen an easy meal and hauled it down to its lair to eat later. It was a dryad female. Her chest cavity had been ripped open, heart and internal organs removed and bite marks peppered. These wounds look like the ones you got from the Cristalos, and the mayor's lab figured this body was probably five days old, judging by the level of decay, which that was the night that they were attacked. Am I completely dense right now? Do we learn the reason why the Cristalos go for the heart? What's up with that? I think that some of that is just like an animal instinct thing. You don't really know, do you? No, I don't. (laughs) But like, yeah, you know, you just think about it like that's going to kill someone immediately. And through love, all is possible. Okay. (laughs) There were clear venom in the wounds, and Therian says that he could feel it inside the corpse even before the mayor did tests on it, which I think is very interesting, that they can sense that venom. Most of those in the House of Many Waters could sense what flowed in someone's body, illnesses and weaknesses, and apparently venom. Um, Bryce says that was not what killed Danica in the pack. She saw the Cristalos in the hall, but not in the apartment. She says these wounds aren't the same. The Cristalos wanted to get at your heart, your organs, not turn you into a heap. Danica and the pack of devils, Territon and the acolyte and temple guard. None of them had wounds like this and none of, and none had this venom in their system. Hunt just blinked at her. Bryce's voice cracked. What if something else came through? What if the Crystallis was summoned to look for the horn, but something worse was also there that night? If you had the power to summon the Crystallis, why not summon multiple types of demons? All right. Chapter 51. Bryce wants to summon a demon to get some answers. So she summons Adis <laughs> and doesn't tell Hunt. That's what she's doing. 
Um, she uses the uh, obsidian salt she bought from the meat market. And so then Adis is the prince of the chasm. So he resides over the fifth level of hell. Bryce says he appeared as a cat the last time she saw him when she was 13 and said that she was very sad then as well, which I was like, truly, it just kills me because I'm like, okay, like he's clearly a prince of hell, but the way that he weirdly cares about it's because she's his descendant. I know, but not knowing (laughs) anyways. And so then many demons had numbers associated with them, like some sort of ancient email address. I just love that. Ever since you sent that, it's just too good. Not this slender, pale-skinned pretty boy. Adis's blonde hair fell to his shoulders in soft waves, loose yet well cut from his fine-boned face, undoubtedly to show off the eyes like blue opals framed by thick golden lashes. So I just imagine a long-haired Draco Malfoy. Every time those lashes bobbed once in a cursory blink, then his full sensuous mouth parted in a smile to reveal a row of two white teeth. I just like his description a lot. So then Adis occupied the fifth level of hell, the chasm. He yielded to only two brothers, the Prince of the Abyss and the Prince of the Pit. Um, The star eater himself, whose name was never uttered on this side of the Northern Rift. Um, And then... We know that he went on to butcher Sirius. We talk about it all the time. Adis asks Hunt why he is wearing a black crown on his brow, and Adis smiled, looking him over again. A fallen warrior with the power of... Thur. Adis's groomed brows lifted in surprise. His blue opal eyes narrowed to slits. Oh, that's a word you like. (laughs) Then simmered like the hottest flame. Which is really funny because blue is the color of the hottest flame. What are you doing with a black crown around your brow? Which again, the whole crown of thorns, very biblical. He didn't let Hunt answer the question before his smile returned. I highlighted the paragraph right after Adis calls it the black crown. Hunt didn't dare let his surprise at the question show. He'd never heard it called that before. A black crown. Halo, witch ink, mark of shame, but never that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because you would think... Someone would have mentioned that. The seven princes dwell in darkness and do not stir. We have no interest in your realm. I'd believe it if you and your brethren hadn't been rattling the Northern Rift for the past two decades, Hunt said, and if I hadn't been cleaning up after it. And then Ada says, you do realize that it may not be my people. The Northern Rift opens to other places, other realms. Yes, but other planets as well. What is hell but a distant planet bound to yours by a ripple in space and time? And then this is where... Hunt's like, hell is a planet. Most of the demons he'd killed and dealt with hadn't been able to or inclined to speak. And Ada shrugged with one shoulder. It is a real place, as real as Midgard, though most of us would have you believe it wasn't. The prince pointed to him. Your kind, fallen, were made in Midgard by the Asteri, but the Fae, the Shifters, and many others come from their own worlds. The universe is massive. <laughs> Some believe it has no end, or that... Our universe might be one in a multitude as bountiful as the stars in the sky or the sand on a beach. And then I talked about in our last episode, just Adis tells them that the lesser princes do things like rattle the Northern Rift. And then I put rattle the stars. Hunt says that their kind wanted to live up here at one time and he wants to know what changed. And Adis chuckled is dreadfully amusing to hear the stories the Asteri have spun for you. And then he smiled at Bryce. 
what blinds an oracle. I just love their little like what blinds an oracle like um and then what, what is sort of cat visits an oracle. I just really like that that even at 13 years old she's like sassing him up. And so then but it's funny Ada says winning first words like after Bryce says yeah. that and he slid his hands into his pockets again. I did not know what you might prefer now that you are grown. A smirk at hunt. But I may appear more like that if it pre- pleases you, Bryce Quinlan. And I'm like, ew, you're like her great, great, great grandpa. Quit. Yeah. Quit trying to be hot for her. Right? You have known her since she was a child. Get out of here. Get out of here. You're never going to get your kid back, Edith. <laughs> oh, my God, Edith. Get out of here. All you do is smoke pat with the prince of the pit. You and Lahaba just hat backs it. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, God. And so then, according to Crescent City Wiki, the Princes of Hell, so one through four, is the hollow, the trench, the canyon, and the ravine. And then I did see a very interesting thing the other day on Reddit, just a sidebar really fast, that each section of the books are named after a prince of hell. They are. We open up in the hollow. And then part two is the trench. Oh. And so then somebody was like, what does it mean? And someone was like, the farther we get into the story, the deeper into hell Bryce is getting. Hmm. I know. And I thought that was just really wild. I was like, oh shit. But anyways, Bryce thanks Adis for the day he showed up after the Oracle, right as he's getting ready to leave. He tells Bryce to make the drop and then find him again once she does. He then tells her that the Oracle did not see, but he did. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that ominous moment where it's like, what do you fucking know? Can you imagine just being like, oh, hey, so she didn't see it, but I did. Okay, bye. And like, (laughs) just gone. Hunt is pretty pissed that she didn't warn him that she was summoning Adis and asked her who summoned him the last time. She says, I don't know. Jezeba told me that the princess can sneak through cracks in either rift, taking the form of common animals. I definitely think that Jezeba did it. I don't know. I think she's involved. We've talked about that. I think she's involved a lot mm-hmm. deeper. Um, but then they're confined to those forms with none of their own power, save the ability to speak. And they can only stay for a few hours at a time. I just like that Adis comes as a white kikette. And I was like, if it was a black cat, then obviously that would be very like ominous, witchy vibes. You know what I mean? And there's just a lot of lore with black cats. But I don't really know if there's any lore with white cats. I was just trying to see if it meant anything, but it's going to start telling me about cats genetics and I don't have time for that. So then she had been asking him questions and she doesn't really get any answers. When she asks what killed Danica, he tells her to run the test again and find what is in between. Adis tells her to make the drop again and find him when she's done. And so then after he leaves, Bryce calls Declan and tells him that they've been tipped off to run the various tests again. And Declan tells her that they should have run a scent diagnostic and it comes out that the better test wasn't ran because a direct order was given not to pursue it. It was deemed a matter that the Fae should stay out of it. And so then she goes straight to the Autumn King and I put she real pissed. 
As a physical book lover, we've all found ourselves in major need of a bookmark when we've been rudely interrupted while reading. Interruptions like your job, your needy pets and family, or your spouse wanting to tell you all about a random thing that they've been doing, all while you're at a really good part. Don't they see that we're reading? And in those moments, we've all found ourselves having to grab for a receipt, a post-it note, a scrap of paper, or the absolute worst, dog earing your page. Well, in those moments, Case Leatherworks has you covered. Their dog ear bookmark fits perfectly over the corner of your page, so you never lose your place. Their products are made with top grain American leather in a variety of colors, and you have the option to customize your bookmark with your initials. Along with their bookmarks, they offer a variety of home good products that's perfect for any reading nook. Support small business by visiting caseleatherworks.com, and our listeners will receive 10% off your first order by using code THEORIES at checkout. That's offer code theories at caseleatherworks.com. So then we go to chapter 52. Bryce goes to the Autumn King because she found out that there were tests that he could have run to help find what killed Danica, but he didn't do it. The guards won't let her in and Rune shows up telling the guards to stand down. And I just thought it was really interesting. This line that says Rune's shadows swirled at his shoulders like a phantom pair of wings. I love that. Part. Sounds like some bat boys we know. So then Obviously, Bryce is just pretty upset about the whole debacle at the Autumn Kings. Bryce starts running to Leith, the whiskey bar, and starts drinking, which really kind of upset me that she'd been sober for two years. And then Hunt went to see the med witch for the pain in her leg. Bryce reached out to invite Juniper to come to the bar with her, and she declines to come because of practice. Bryce sasses Hunt about Shahar and he tells her not to be an asshole. He gives her another vial of medicine and then goes to the gym to work off his anger and then goes back to the apartment. So she realizes that maybe she shouldn't have been so like bitchy about Shahar and Hunt's ever never dying love for Shahar and blah, 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 blah. And so then when she comes home, she has groceries and then I put in all caps in bold and makes him dinner. Sounds pretty matey to me. <laughs> she left the bar not long after him and went to a storage unit near Moonwood to get some of Danica's clothes for the tests and to see if maybe there was just any remnants of the horn there. And then I have an all caps in bold. Hunt tells her to her face that her ass is perfect. <laughs> Can he tell me that? After she tells him how she doesn't have the body to keep dancing. So Bryce tells him about the photo she has of her and Danica. It was taken the day they got out of the hospital senior year. Danica did her thesis on the history of illegal animal trade and uncovered a real smuggling ring and no one would help her. So they decided to deal with it themselves. The operation was run by five asp ship shifters, ship shifters. Oh my God. Who caught them trying to free their stock. There was a motorcycle chase and crash and her arm was broken in three places. Danica fractured her pelvis and got shot twice in the leg. Bryce killed some of the shifters and the police got the rest. Bryce contemplates not doing the drop and it's rare for Veneer not to make the drop. She talks about how sad she is about Danica and how she hasn't found anyone else that she wants to anchor her for the drop. She offers Hunt the room that he's been staying in to be his permanent home. And then she offers him food. And then I said, was this again a hint at mates? That's all they fucking do is offer each other fucking food. Like, I think that's why Sarah's like, was it not obvious to you guys? So then whenever Bryce went to bed, a cat was sitting on her dresser. Adis visits her in cat form and knows who her father is. 
He tells her to make the drop again and then come find him, quote, so we can finish this. Chapter 53, it was raining the next morning and the news had proclaimed it the rainiest spring on record. And I think we talked about that whenever we were talking about the like Midgard serpent where we're like, "Mm, like awful lot of rain. There's some water. There's going to be a big snake in a river. And then I put in all caps again, Hunt makes her breakfast. That's all they do. (laughs) Hunt takes Danica's clothes to Victoria for the new tests and wants her to check for anything from a specific list of demons. Bryce has changed her name in his phone to Bryce is a queen. I just felt like that was one that just needed to be noted because what a bunch of foreshadowing. Um, And then Micah calls and demands that Bryce come to his, Jesus Christ. Micah calls and demands that Hunt comes to his office alone. So we got chapter 54. Micah wants to know why he wants to be running Faye tests on old evidence. And Micah reminds him that the summit is in two weeks. He also tells Hunt that Sandriel has been asking about him and wants to make a trade to get Hunt from Micah. And then Hunt is given a job from Micah and that he is specifically not to use guns. So then he goes to the barracks and starts getting his weapons and his helmet. And it is said that every movement was careful, deliberate. Every shift of his body as he donned his black battle suit quieted his mind. Then I have in bold, pulling him farther and farther from himself. And I feel like that can be taken two ways, whether he's like fully disassociating or whether that's like whatever hold Micah might have over him due to the crown of thorns. Like, I don't know. So then Bryce starts texting him asking if he's okay and he doesn't answer while he's getting ready. And then he donned his helmet. The world descended into cool calculations. It's colors dimmed. And then he texts back. I'm good. I'll see you later. He was a stain against the brightness, a shadow standing against the sun. It's just the language for those, like those descriptors of him. Um, Bryce is worried when she doesn't hear from him for over an hour. She typed out a dozen messages to the quote, not hunt message. She goes up to the roof to ask Naomi where hunt was. And Naomi realizes that Bryce doesn't know what hunt is out doing. I don't think she's just fully grasped Mm -hmm. that. Um, He's just literally out killing people under her nose. She gets so worried that she calls Rune to ask if he's seen Hunt and Rune was about to have Deck and Flynn look, but then Hunt comes home. When he gets home, he comes back covered in blood and she asks him what happened, but he walks right past her and goes to his room. Hunt gets into the scalding water to burn everything away. Bryce realizes that Micah had sent him to kill people and gets worried that Bryce had been in or that Hunt had been in the shower for over an hour. I'm like, damn, what a water bill. She goes into check on him in the shower. And I like that Strinks comes into the bathroom and just lays down and stays in there. Like to just be a watchful eye. I think that we're going to get so much more out of him in like CC3. He's like a weird, I don't want to say like fascination, but like a weird connection. Yes. It's, it's too weird. It's just too weird. She decides to get in the shower and help him clean up and then dry off and get dressed He's just basically a shell of himself. She tells him to go to bed and that she was worried about him. As she's trying to walk away, he grips her wrists and he asks her to stay with him. So she sleeps in the bed next to him. And then I have on here, Hunt smells like rain-kissed cedar. Love it. Love it. Hunt wakes up to his head in Bryce's lap and he has the realization that she's just literally in a t-shirt and no underwear. I thought it was cute though because Bryce sees it completely differently. She says... Hunt's a horny bastard. 
(laughs) She says that he's like a child trying to get comfort. He's trying to find, I don't know, some kind of human connection that he's still a person. He's still alive, basically. I just thought that was sweet. And then Hunt's like, oh, shit, she's not wearing underwear. Yeah. He's (laughs) like, my head is right here. And so then Hunt carries her back to her bed. And then he sees that she had called Rune. And then there was a chain of messages from him. And then he goes back to his bed. And then I have quote where the scent of her still lingered like a phantom warming touch. Chapter 55. Bryce wakes up in her own bed and she realizes that Hunt must have moved her. She sees the messages from Rune and she tries to come up with a reply, but goes to a message from Juniper instead. She just, really can't come up with anything and then this and then i have this is the part about the shitty messages about the fucking dance class that's juniper because you know annoying it's you know it's pissed me off since like episode one (laughs) about juniper um for slapping bryce for saving her and then yeah and then you didn't show up to this dance class that i worked really hard do you like my juniper voice Mm -hmm. it's consistent I worked really hard. I want this bitch to like me. And then you don't show up because you're going through it and you've got this whole case. Blah, blah, blah. The governor, but this dance bitch is more important. Fuck off, Juniper. Like when your head gets lopped off in CC3. Nice knowing you. Yeah, we'll be waiting for that moment. Hunt and Bryce are in the kitchen making breakfast again with the food. (laughs) And he tells her that he likes seeing her in his shirt. And then I put meow. Uh... He thanks her uh, for helping him out from the night before. Um, He asks her what she's thinking about while, uh, oh God, he asks her what she's thinking about while she'd be thinking them smutty thoughts. Uh, And then he had a purr in his voice. I'm like, and then I put in all caps, you're just going to have to read this part yourselves. You freaks. This ain't that kind of podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on the day. Yeah. Today, not today. So then Jespa has a knock delivered to the gallery, a creature in a tank, eight foot long with two wide lipless mouth full of needle thin teeth. I hate that description. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's lipless air is lethal to Knox, and Lahaba is absolutely terrified of it because it looks like it wants to eat her all the time. And Bryce. Hunt suggests to Bryce that she should see someone about her leg. Amber calls Bryce and wants to meet her guest. And she tells Hunt that she will be video calling her parents that night. And they want to meet him. And I put LOL. (laughs) Uh, Victoria calls them to meet her at Munin and Hugen, which just really sounds like a Harry Potter (laughs) restaurant that you would (laughs) find in Hogsmeade's. Anyways, Victoria has something for them. The Mimir screening, so the scent test, found small bits of something synthetic. No organic technological magic, but a combo of all three. And then I have find what is in between. Seems to be some kind of drug known as synth. Bryce insists that Danica wouldn't have taken it, but she was exposed to it and it was on all of her clothes. Bryce thinks that it's the same drug that Rune's Medwitch was talking about. Oh my God. Do you want to know what Munin and Hugin are? Yes. A pair of ravens. Shut up. That fly all over the world, Midgard, to bring information to the gods. That's my missing raven thing about Elaine. Remember how I was like, there's got to be another raven. If there are two different colored ravens live, I'm going to lose my shit. They sit on Odin's shoulders. Of course they do. The ravens tell Odin everything they see in here. I wonder if those are Regelius's. 
Now I got to look. Is there some kind of symbolism that like Regalius is there listening? <laughs> now that you say that, I didn't even think to look up the name of it. I just thought it was just funny. I was like, oh, that sounds like a Harry Potter name. The synthetic stuff seems to be some kind of drug known as synth. Bryce insists that Danica wouldn't have taken it, but she was exposed to it and it was on all of her clothes. Bryce thinks it's the same drug that Rune's Medwitch was talking about. So then Bryce calls Rune about the drug and that the Medwitch had sent over reports, but a lot of information had been redacted by Redner Industries. The drug has leaked into the streets, which of course it's been redacted by a human run company. Mm -hmm. Like... So then the drug has leaked into the streets and is being used in higher concentration as an illegal substance. Rune finds the list of ingredients and one of them is obsidian salt. And Bryce wants to know if the drug could summon demons and Rune said that he will look into it. So Hunt doesn't know who his father is. He's a bastard. And then his mom was a low ranking angel. So he would send money home to her, but she refused to spend it. Someone found out and broke in to steal from her, killed her and took the money. No one cared or investigated her death as she was just seen as lowly. So then he joined Shahar's cause after that. Hunt kept hearing Micah's voice, threats both spoken and implied. Find who is behind this. Get the job done. Don't make me reconsider our bargain, which also just like the word bargain. Before I take you off this case, before I sell you back to Sandriel, before I make you and Bryce Quinlan regret it. And then they get on the call with Bryce's parents. (laughs) So then chapter 56, Randall, whenever he gets on the call, almost immediately recognizes Hunt. Randall met Hunt stare through the feed. You were stationed at Meridian when I was over there. I was running recon the day you took on that battalion. Rough battle was all Hunt said. Shadows darkened Randall's eyes. Yeah, it was. Hunt shut out the memory of that one-sided massacre of how many humans and their few veneer allies hadn't walked away from his sword or lightning. He'd been serving Sandriel then, and her orders had been brutal. No prisoners. She'd sent him and Pollux out that day, ahead of her legion, to intercept the small rebel force camped in a mountain pass. Hunt had worked around her order as best he could. He made the deaths quick. Pollux had taken his time and enjoyed every second of it. Also, I guess I just did not realize that we had just had gotten to this point in the book and still had not met Pollux or mm-hmm. any of them. It takes a while. Yeah. Ember's eyes danced with devilish delight. Does Athy know about JJ? Hunt couldn't stop himself from going rigid. JJ and X? She had never mentioned. Oh, right. Hunt smirked. Jelly Jubilee and I are good friends. <laughs> I liked that like moment of where he was going to spiral. And I think that was just very like humanizing for that moment where it was like, is that an X? What is that? That's just that progression of their relationship. Amber wants to know why Hunt is living with Bryce. (laughs) And Bryce had warned him while they cleaned, do not say a word about the murders, but he had a feeling that Amber Quimlin could sniff out lies like a bloodhound. (laughs) (laughs) No, nothing. Danica. Interesting. Hello. So then Hunt smudged the truth. Jezeba is working with my boss to find a stolen relic. With the summit happening in two weeks, the barracks are overloaded with guests. So Bryce generously offered me a room to make working together easier. And then it says a line I pulled out of this is Bryce knew her mother was a brewing tempest, which like literally last week we talked about the house of many waters and how they could make a tempest. I just think that it's a storm, but it's just... It, is it meant to be a connection to the House of Many Waters? 
I don't know. Did you say Ember? Did you talk about Ember's necklace? Wearing the silver pendant, a circle set, atop two triangles, the embrace hunt realized the union of Solus and Cathona. I just wanted to make note of that's all. I can't remember. I think we might have talked about it either in the last summary or the last episode. Hunt throws Bryce under the bus about her leg, wanting her to get a look at it. Her parents didn't know that it still hurt her. Um, so she was pretty pissed off that he did that. She hangs up from her parents and Amber calls back two minutes later, which is very much a Kelly Rhonda move. Amber wants to know if the Autumn King was behind this and she tells her no, that Jezeba and Micah are working together and they're just her- pawns. Bryce says something about being an antiquities dealer. And- yeah. I left Ember that out because it pissed me off. Assistant antiquities dealer. Why? Yeah, I don't. What a bitch move. I know. And then Ember goes on about Hunt, his powers, and being a veneer male, which I'm like, stop projecting your shitty relationship with the Autumn King. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing Bryce with Hunt make, takes her back to her time with the Autumn King, and it bothers her. And then I have on here Ember smells like honeysuckle and nutmeg. Everyone make note of that. Put a pin in that. Ember is going to make an appointment with a med witch and Bryce fights her on it. And then I just thought this line was so weird. Her mother's face hardened to steel that matched the wedding band on her finger. There's a line that says like whenever they're fighting about Bryce going to the med witch, Mm -hmm. her mother's face hardened to steel that matched the wedding band on her finger. Weird. It's yeah. It's not just like hardened to steel or, you know, I feel like to this point, we've talked about iron a lot. I know like it's supposed to be like a stealing glare or whatever, but I don't know. I also just thought it was really weird about the wedding band on her finger. And then Ember goes on to say, just because Danica died doesn't mean you need to suffer too. It also says about Ember, old shadows banked the light in her mom's eyes. That's a weird thing to say. Why she got shadows in her eyes? Why are they old? Sus. Sus. Just because Danica died doesn't mean you need to suffer too. Bryce stared at her mother who had always been so good at cutting to the heart of everything. Again, very Rhonda-ish. At rendering her into rubble with a few words. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Bullshit, Bryce. Her mom's eyes glazed with tears. You think Danica would want you lipping in pain for the rest of your existence? You think she would have wanted you to stop dancing? I don't want to talk about Danica. Amber shook her head in disgust. I'll message the med witch's address and number when I get the appointment for you. Good night. And then she hung up without another word. God, the mom guilt that the projected guilt. I hate that. Chapter 57. Bryce doesn't want to go to the med witch and get her leg healed because once it stops hurting, then it will feel like Danica is really gone. So she just holds on to that pain to feel something. Her mom ran from her real dad before he found out she was pregnant. So they went to the temple of Cathona in Corinth and spent spent the first three years of Bryce's life there. Her biological father found out and sent people to track them down. They escaped to Solus's temple in Oia and picked up their holy guard. Randall was two weeks away from being sworn in as a sun priest, which is an acolyte, when they asked him to escort Bryce and Amber to Hylene. The Autumn King's people found them and ramble, ramble, and ramble, and Randall and Emmert what what is happening (laughs) the autumn king's people found them and randall and ember took them out bryce smiled grimly after that the house of earth and blood literally deemed my mother a vessel for cathona and randall a vessel for solace and then i have in parentheses ember's necklace 
um, because it's the circle atop two triangles, which is the circle is solace. And then the triangles are Cathona for the mountains. And it is seen as a holy symbol. And then Bryce says, and blah, blah, religious crap. But it basically amounted to an official order of protection that my father didn't dare fuck with. And Randall finally went home, bringing us with him, and obviously didn't swear his vows to Solace. Her smile warmed. He proposed by the end of the year. They've been disgustingly in love ever since. And then I just have on here Hunt and Bryce finish out the evening watching trash TV, as one should. Chapter 58. Bryce and Hunt go to the meat market to try and find out more about the drug. And then the vendors claim to know nothing about the drugs. Lie, lie, pants on fire. They know. As they're like going through the stands, Hunt buys Bryce a white opal and white is for joy um, because nobody can steal her joy. There you go. There you go. The meat market has a group chat, which I think is hilarious, and that the Viper Queen doesn't allow that shit in her market. She tells him to check the river and then Bryce sends an otter to Therian. She asks him who is selling it in the river and he said, not in, on. He tells Bryce that it was Danica selling it and Therian reveals Danica was spotted doing a deal for synth the day before she died. Chapter 59, Therian tells him that the drug is a synthetic synthetic magic. In concentrated doses, it can give humans strength greater than most veneers for short bursts. And it's another secret that Danica never told Bryce. Fury finally answers her fucking phone when Bryce calls. Fury tells her that the bombing was the human rebellion. And she asked if Danica ever mentioned synth, and she did. She claims that Danica didn't tell her about the drug, so Bryce wouldn't use it, claiming to do it to protect Bryce. And she's just like, every fucking drug, like, you were doing it. And it's that's also just like a low blow and a really bitchy thing to say. Yeah. Fury says that she would be back in the city in a few days and then would be at the summit, which Bryce thinks it's very strange. Like, why is someone like Fury attending the summit? Like, she just felt like that. It was just really weird. Bryce calls Rune and wants to know more about what the Medwitch knows about Synth. And then I think she's more concerned about its origins and an antidote. She told me she actually tested some of the Crystal's venom she got out of Athalar from the other night against the Synth, trying to formulate one. She thinks her healing magic can act like some some kind of stabilizer for the venom to make the antidote. But she needs more of the venom to keep testing it. I don't know. It sounded like some complex shit. He added, if you run into a Crystallos, ask, ask it for some venom, would you? Rune tells her that Danica almost beat the shit out of him at Redner Tower. They got into a fight over Bryce and Rune asking her to tell Bryce she hadn't even made the drop yet and totally kicked his ass. Which I think is hilarious. And then chapter 60, Bryce is going through the Redner Industries website and tries to log in as Danica and she realizes her username Defendier is Defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Medwitch wants some venom to test if she could possibly create an antidote to Synth, and Bryce recites to Hunt, the horn could possibly be healed by the Synth in a large enough dose. Synthetic magic has obsidian salt as one of the ingredients. The crystals can be summoned by obsidian salt. Hunt remained silent as she thought it through. The Crystallis was bred to track the horn. The Crystallis venom can eat away at magic. The Medwitch wants some venom to test if it's possible to create an antidote to synth with her magic or something. Bryce wants to go ahead and just summon a Crystallis for its venom, and Hunt is just not about that. <laughs> He's like, uh, no, ma'am. And then Hunt's phone goes off, and he just tells her it's Legion shit, and then I put in parentheses, yeah, right. 
<laughs> Bryce just wants the full picture and she feels like they're not getting close to the truth. Or she feels like they are getting close to the truth. And then Hunt to Bryce, Jay would be proud of you. Which I just thought was sweet. Bryce starts her period the next day. Uh, Danica's birthday. So like emotions are high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we find out that Bryce has her cycle every three months because she's in that weird little wedge right between uh, Faye's every six months, humans every month, and then she's every three months. Hunt thinks that they should lay off the drug search and focus on the horn. Do you, Hunt? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. She tells him that she can't look for the horn today because of, quote, meetings. Bryce believed that she bought the knock. Bryce believed that Jezba bought the knocks to keep Lahaba in line and to intimidate her with the giant tank. And then Lahaba asked Bryce if she ever thought what the world would be like without the Asteri. And Bryce tells her to be quiet because Jezba could be listening. Which Jezba ain't over there for the Asteri? Shit. Bryce is on a bench across the river from the bone quarter. She says that no one remembered Danica's birthday, but Bryce bought her birthday croissants to celebrate. God, this kills me. And then I have an all caps. Hunt tells her how much he fucking loves Shahar. Can we just shut the fuck up about it? <laughs> Telling her that he's going to love her until the day he dies. I just, ugh, stop it. She was shit. Anyways, so then they do have a sweet moment about seeing each other and being each other's mirrors. And then I put blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Lay off about Shahar Hunt. Bryce opens the croissant box and artfully written in chocolate drizzle was the word trash. Bryce just wants to throw them out, but Hunt flies off to take matters into his own hands. So Hunt knows that Amelie Ravenscroft did it and shows up at the bar that they're at. He pins her against the wall by her throat and lightning wraps around her throat. I just like that imagery. Ethan asks what she did and he tells him to ask his alpha and Ethan looks into the box. Hunt tells her she is to leave Bryce alone from now on and Ethan realizes that it was Danica's birthday. The wolves didn't even fucking remember. Mm-hmm. Um. And so then he leaves and then Bryce was on the phone with Isaiah whenever he got back. Bryce asked if Amelie was dead and he said no. And Bryce was worried about the repercussions of his actions. So she messages Hunt about his medwitch and calls her office for an appointment telling Hunt she knows where they can get venom. So then chapter 61, uh, they go to the medwitch that Rune found and they still don't know her name. Jesus Christ. Someone asked this woman what her name is. Hey girl, what's up, Dr. <laughs> Hunt goes back with Bryce and Bryce realizes that they can get the venom she needs from her antidote from the wound in her leg. The witch's brow creased and she looked up from the file to glance at Bryce's leg. How long has the pain pin pip? Did I just stroke out? How long has the pain? <laughs> How long? Has the pain been present? God, that was hard. Since the start, Bryce said, not looking at him, the med witch glanced at Hunt. Were you there for this attack as well? Bryce opened her mouth to answer, but Hunt said yes. Bryce whipped her head around to look at him. He kept his eyes on the witch. I arrived three minutes after it occurred. Her leg was ripped open across the thigh, courtesy of the Cristallo's teeth. The words tumbled out, the confession spilling from his lips. I used one of the Legion's medical staplers to seal the wound as best I could. Hunt went on, unsure why his heart was thundering. The medical note about the injury is from me. She didn't receive any treatment after that. It's why the scar. He swallowed against the guilt, working its way up 
his throat. It's why it looks the way it does. He met Bryce's eyes, letting her see the apology there. It's my fault. And I just liked that moment where he really took ownership for what he did. And the fact that she was just like, what? But uh, the med witch can treat her right away and they can stick around to watch her test the sample. The witch says again, I was raised by tutors versed in our oldest forms of magic. They taught me an array of specialized knowledge. Necromancy. Necromancy. Also, what's your name, bitch? What's your name? What's your number? Okay. She warns Bryce that it is going to be incredibly painful since the venom has set in after all these years. And then the medwitch makes note of Bryce's tattoos, which like she definitely thinks that the tattoo is about Hunt. <laughs> then asks Hunt if his halo hurt, and he says only when it went on. She asks what witch inked it, and he told her some imperial hag. <laughs> One of the old ones. Um, Hunt jokes about her removing his tattoo and she asks what he would do if she did it. Punish those who held him captive. And I put foreshadowing. Um, He tells her that he is not there to talk about his tattoo. The medwitch begins the procedure and Bryce thinks about the night of the attack. And then Hunt tells her, I've got you over and over again. The medwitch couldn't believe that Bryce was even walking that the venom in there was so bad. It was literally wrapped around like her bones and shit. Bryce tells her about that night while the medwitch work. Hunt helps keep her calm, talks her through it. And then we get our moment of I've got you. He murmured, sweetheart, I've got you. I included that for you, Liv. I love that. And then he gives her a hint of a kiss. And then a star bloomed inside of her at that kiss. Do you think that Hypaxia knows what the tattoo says? Or she knows that they're word marks? I think so. A long slumbering light began to fill her chest, her veins. Also, that venom was suppressing any power that she may have. Oh, shit, yeah. It's like anything that would have even been, because of her fey lineage, lightly thrumming. Fucking goddamn. The med which removed the venom and began testing the venom, and it worked against the synth. So, yay, raw. Chapter 62, Micah calls the calls and summons them both to his office. They get there to find Micah, Sabine and Amelie there. And Hunt says that Bryce doesn't need to be there. Sabine says that she should be there for every second. Fuck you, Sabine. Sabine demands he be punished for what he did to Amelie and wants it right that moment. Micah declares that he will be given the living death where they cut an angel's wings off. They will grow back in several weeks. Amelie says that she doesn't want to press charges and she doesn't want that, which (sighs) fuck off Amelie. It was all fun and games until you decided to be a disrespectful bitch and you couldn't hold up for yourself. And then you basically went and tattled to mommy is almost what happened. Fuck off. Micah cuts his wings off. And then I just, this part, (laughs) It says his wings were still spurting blood from where they lay like two fallen branches. And I put tree of life question mark. Yeah, that's a weird. Yeah. Um, And then on the floor of Micah's office. Sabine tells that Bryce went to the underking last winter to speak to Danica or what speck of energy lives on in the sleeping city. Um, But she would not come. 
The Under King revealed to her that Bryce had gone and made a bargain for Danica and given up her spot in the bone quarter in exchange for Danica's in case she was denied access. Is nothing sacred? Can we just tell no one keep a secret? She's like, knock, knock. He's like, who's there? She's like, hey, where's my daughter? He's like, hey, she's not going to come fucking talk to you. But let me tell you a little bit about this tea because I am obviously related to the cereal. So sorry. I'm looking at like I was analyzing the section about uh, Hypaxia talking about her tattoo or whatever. I like how you're outing the unknown medwitch's name right now. Her name's Hypaxia. We'll learn more um, about her later. Bryce says, through love, all is possible. Basically, my best friend and I will never be parted. A hum of approval as the medwitch locked, looked between Bryce and Hunt. You, too, have such a powerful bond. Bryce didn't bother to correct her assumption that the tattoo was about Hunt. I don't think she was assuming that. I think she was just stating a fact. Yeah. But I just like that part. No, I do, too. Sorry. Go ahead. Listen. And then I put on here... I'm thinking about the foreshadowing of Bryce giving up her spot in the bone quarter. And I really want to try and hash this out. (laughs) I literally put that in my notes. (laughs) I don't, I think it's telling that she's not going to need it, that she's not going to need it. That because, okay. She tossed a death mark into the East Rose payment to the under King, a coin of pure iron from an ancient long gone kingdom across the sea passage for a mortal on a boat. Papa Archeron? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. And then she'd knelt on the crumbling stone steps, the river mere feet behind her, the arches of the bone gates above her, and waited. The underking, veiled in black and silent as death, had appeared moments later. It had been an age since a mortal dared set foot on my isle. The voice had been old and young, male and female, kind and full of hatred. She never heard anything so hideous and beckoning. I wish to trade my place. I know why you are here, Bryce Quinlan, whose passage you seek at, to barter. An amused pause. Do you not wish to one day dwell here among the honored dead? Your balance remains skewed towards acceptance. Continue on your path and you shall be welcomed when you when your time comes. I wish to trade my place for Danica Findeer. And then I have in bold. Do this and know that no other quiet realms of Midgard shall be open to you. Not the bone quarter, not the catacombs of the eternal city, not the summer isles of the North. None Bryce Quinlan to barter your resting place here is to barter your place everywhere. I, she's not going to Midgard is not end game. Yeah. I really truly think that everyone was like, Oh no, but I knowing what we know now with the crossover, I think that it is, a true foreshadowing that she's going to like middle fingers up to Midgard. And then she goes on to say, I wish to trade my place. Um, He says, you are young, you are weighed in grief. Consider that your life may not seem long, but it is a mere flutter of eternity. I wish to trade my place. Are you so certain Danica Findir will be denied welcome? Have you so little faith in her actions and deeds that you must make this bargain? I wish to trade my place. She sobbed the words, there is no undoing this. I wish to trade my place. Then say it, Bryce Quinlan, and let the trade be done. Say it a seventh and final time, seventh, and let the gods and the dead and all those between hear your vow. Say it and it shall be done. She hadn't hesitated knowing this was the ancient rite. She looked up in the gallery archives, had stolen the death mark from there. It had been given to Jezebel by the under king himself. The sorceress had told her when she'd sworn fealty to the house of flame and shadow, I wish to trade my place. And so it had been done. 
And then I put, I think there's more to her forfeiting her spot. Bryson's Ethan, a message to tell Amelie that Connor never bothered to notice her because she knew what a piece of shit she was. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell, go tell her, fuck herself. Also tells him to tell Sabine that if she sees her again, she will kill her. And Ethan tells her that he had no part. And she says that they all discussed her. And then Bryce slept next to hunt and he savored every second of it. And then, Quote, something deep in him shifted and settled. And then I put, mates? <laughs> I'm just, listen, I'm just really looking for it for you. I'm doing it for you. I appreciate you. Um, and then I have chapter 63. Bryce manages to get Danica's accounts at Redner Industries, finds a file named Bryce. Um, and so basically Danica had set up her files the same way that Bryce had set up her files in naming files, random things and hiding it. Finds the picture of them, a clue in the L on the jacket. She had hidden a flash drive and there were three videos on the drive. And then her and Lahaba turned off fangs and bangs and started watching those. (laughs) Chapter 64 videos are from the synth research trials. A human female sat in a room when she's injected with synth and the tears apart all these veneer. So she's it's two and then they she rips them to pieces because the drug could give them strength more than a veneer and then they send in two more and she kills them she they send in three they send in five and then the human girl eventually turned on herself and ripped herself apart bryce believed that danica knew they were going after her and they sent in someone to kill danica in the pack because she knew too much hunt tells her that if she's wrong and this gets fucked up then the then his chance of freedom would be fucked he wants her to forward the video to him and he would get it to vic Hunt tells her that he wants an after with her. And then Bryce asks him about the kiss and if he meant it. And he says yes and asks if she wants him to do it again. But she says that she wants to do it. And Hunt tells her to do it. And she does. Then he asks what she wants. And she replies, all of it. She wants all of it. <laughs> um, And then I put, Strings put himself in his crate, LOL. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> um, and then I put, you can read what they do, you nasties. This ain't that kind of podcast. <laughs> Not yet. And plan to do more, but she ends up accidentally hurting him and she calls a med witch to check him out. Hunt wants to know if he's cleared to do the bing, bang, bang and Jesus Christ superstar. <laughs> That's what I put. Sneaks out to go to her old, oh, sorry. Bryce sneaks out to go to her old apartment to see if Danica left other clues, but finds that it's literally burning down. <laughs> Someone has done it to stop her either by monitoring her email or the 33rd account. She hears the Viper Queen again in her head about looking where it hurts the most. And then she gets a text from Therian telling her about synth deal going down on the river. And she went ahead and went without Hunt and Rune. Chapter 65. So Therian (laughs) takes her over to the boat and sees the Viper Queen She's the one selling it, even though bitch said they didn't sell it and is having an argument with whoever the buyer was. And then that's whenever it's realized one of the people trying to buy it is Hunt. Chapter 66. Bryce goes um, to confront the group, but then Micah appears and the Viper Queen had set them up. Hunt, Victoria, and Justinian had tried to get synth. Hunt told Bryce that he was trying to stop it after he saw the videos. They thought that it would be a way to regain their power to overthrow their masters. 
And then Bryce finds out that Hunt knew about the drug days ago and found out some leaked from the Redner lab two years ago, but it ran out so quickly. Now someone else has found a way to replicate it. And Micah says Danica is the reason that it leaked and that she sold it. Hunt says he figured out about a week ago that she stole it, sold it, and was addicted to it. She stole, sold, and was addicted. (laughs) They believed she took the drug and killed the two CCU students the night that the horn was taken, and Hunt believes Danica took the drug the night that she died. Micah forces Hunt to tell Bryce that he figured out the case already and that she took too much and ended up slaughtering the pack and then turned on herself and believes she accidentally summoned the Cristalos since the synth is made with obsidian salt. Hunt makes the move towards Bryce and then Fury appears for the first time in the whole fucking book, holding the gun to his head. And then from the book, Fury Axtar emerged. I just think this is interesting. Fury Axtar emerged from the shadows. Who else does that sound like? Mm -hmm. Who else just emerged from the shadows with a weapon in their hand and then made sure to decapitate somebody? Anyways... I'll let you guys figure out who we're talking about. Bryce didn't question how Fury had arrived without even Micah noticing or how she knew to come. Fury Axtar was liquid night. She'd made herself infamous for knowing the world's secrets. Sounds an awful lot like someone else that we know from Prithian who just mm-hmm. manages to know everything all the time. Girl. Anyways, mm. it could be one or it, it could also be a little seer. And then I just hate this where she said, you knew just like seeing Bryce's heartbreak happen in front of us. He figured out the truth. And for nearly a week, he'd said nothing to her, had let her go on and on about how much she loved her friend, how great Danica had been and how he and had led her in fucking circles. And then she says, all your talk about the synth being a waste of time to look into. She could barely get the words out because you realized the truth already because you lied she threw out an arm to the crates of drugs because you learned the truth and then realized you wanted the synth for yourself. And when you wanted to help the medwitch find the antidote, it was for yourself. And all of this for what? To rebel again? Hunt slid to his knees as if he'd beg her forgiveness. At first, yes, but it was all based on rumor of what it could do. Then tonight I saw the footage you found and I wanted to pull out from the deal. I knew it wasn't right, any of it. Even with the antidote, it was too dangerous. I realized all this was the wrong path. But you and me, Bryce, you were, you are where I want to end up, a life with you. You are my fucking path. And he pointed to Justinian and Victoria, stone-faced and handcuffed. I messaged them that it was over, but they got spooked, contacted the Viper Queen, and insisted it was going down tonight. I swear. I came here only to stop it, to put a fucking end to it before it became a disaster. I never... And then she fucking threw that opal and hit him in the temple with it, and then blood flowed from his temple as if the halo itself were bleeding. And then I put, real biblical, SJM. Hunt had figured all this out a week ago and had not told her, and she tells him she never wants to see him again. That won't be a problem, Micah said. She says, I never want to oh. see you again. That won't be a problem, Micah said. I didn't want to say that. Uh, Sorry. It just hurts. And then Isaiah put the Gorzian stone shackles on Hunt. Okay, chapter 67. Rune was in the apartment lobby when Fury dropped Bryce off, and then Therian had left them at the dock, saying he was going to help haul in the seized synth shipment, and Fury departed fast enough that Bryce knew she was heading out to make sure the Viper Queen didn't end up with any of it either. By the time Fury came back, Bryce had been staring at the same spot on the wall for hours. God, just the amount of times that like literally bombs are dropped on top of her. 
Rune left her on the couch to talk to the assassin in the kitchen and Bryce heard them whispering away. Athelar's in one of the holding cells under the comedian. Fury said, Micah didn't execute him. No, Justinian and Victoria. He crucified the angel and did some fucked up shit to the wraith. They're dead. Worse. Justinian's still bleeding out in the lobby. They gave him some shit to slow his healing. He'll be dead soon enough if he's lucky. What about the wraith? Micah ripped her from her body and shoved her essence into a glass box. I just hate it. Put it at the base of Justinian's crucifix and rumor says he's going to dump the box into the Melino trench. I don't know, but it says rumor has. So do we ever know if he actually does it? Well, right. And then let her fall right to the bottom of the sea to go insane for the isolation and darkness. Fucking hell. You can't do anything. They're traitors to the Republic. They were caught conspiring against it. So no, but Athelar's not crucified besides Justinian. I think Micah came up with a different punishment for him. Something worse. What could be worse than what the other two are enduring? A long, horrible pause. A lot of things ruined Dannon. Bryce let the words wash over her. She sat on the couch and stared at the dark screen of the television. And she stared into the black pit inside of itself. Or inside of herself. Sorry. Are we looking to see if, if she actually is truly at the bottom of the ocean? The name of that trench. Okay. Melano Trench, or not Trench, just Melano is a chthonic nymph or goddess invoked in one of the Orphic hymns and represented as a bringer of nightmares and madness. So sounds real scary. The name Melano also appears on a metal tablet in association with Persephone. In the hymn, Melano has characteristics that seem similar to Hecate. Hecate. There's no, there's only one T. H-E-C-A-T-E. I've always said hectate in my head. That's totally not what it is. Oh. (laughs) Anyways. And hectate. Aranus. And Melano's name is sometimes thought to be an epithet of hectate. The terms in which Melano is described are typical of moon goddesses in Greek poetry. Which Crescent City. But then the next we're about to we're going into part four. Mm -hmm. It's called the ravine. Is a trench the same thing as a ravine? Kinda? Is a trench deeper? This says that the word ravine and trench are semantically related. Trenches are typically deeper. Ah, look at me knowing stuff. Because I said, isn't it deeper? Look at me. So yeah, so we're in part four now. The ravine. Anyways, I just thought we just said that. That's not as deep as the trench. No, but then you're saying... Bryce stared into the dark, into the black pit inside herself. And then you're like telling me that each of the things are a part of hell. So it's literally just, all right. We're just getting deeper and deeper. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we find out that Hunt and the others had planned to take the synth and then kill Micah and the others at the summit. Um, and then head to the Eternal City to finish off their plan. And then the Autumn King shows up at the gallery to talk to Bryce and let's see, because some of that, they just, the other ones, they just talk about how they met with the Viper Queen and blah, blah, blah. Also, I just would like to note that Lahaba says it's been three days and the governor hasn't announced what he's doing with Athi. What other man with a horned crown we also didn't know shit about for three days? Mm-hmm. Also, just the fact that Isaiah 
uh, it's a part where I just feel really bad for Isaiah, where he has to literally be like, why are you a fucking moron? Mm -hmm. Why could you not get your fucking shit together and just do what you're told? Mm -hmm. Like Hunt said, Bryce had nothing to do with this. And then uh, Isaiah's, of course she didn't. You shattered her fucking heart in front of everyone. It was obvious she had no idea. And then, uh, Mike and then Hunt flinched, his chest aching. Micah won't go after her to no, you're lucky as fuck, but no. He won't crucify her to punish you, though don't be naive enough to believe that the thought didn't cross his mind. It's just oh God. Um <laughs> I just saw this line as I'm just searching through where Rune is a good dog. <laughs> just a uh just to lighten the mood. So okay, so the Autumn King shows up at the gallery. The showroom is stocked with priceless artifacts and the door that led up to Jezebel's office and the window in it that overlooked the floor. Um, he stared at the window for long enough that Bryce wondered if he could somehow see through the one-way glass all the way to the God Slayer rifle mounted on the wall behind Jezebel's desk. Since its deadly presence and that of the golden bullet in the wall safe beside it but his eyes drifted on to the iron door sealed to her right. And then finally to Bryce herself. I just think that again, it's the second mentioning of the fucking rifle. So we know we're gearing up. He'd never come to see her in all these years. He'd never come. So she really didn't know why he even bothered. She let him know that there are cameras everywhere and that he smells like ashes and nutmeg. Fire. Faya, and then who else smells like nutmeg? Amber. Ambrose. That scent dragged her back to 12 years, to the weeping 13-year-old that she'd been the last time she'd spoken to him. Yeah, she's like, there are cameras everywhere in case you're thinking of stealing something, which I think is just really funny. So then... She said that he was gorgeous, her father, tall, muscled, with an impossibly beautiful face beneath that long red hair, the exact same shade and silken texture as her own. He looked just a few years older than her, too, dressed like a young man with those black jeans and a matching long-sleeved T-shirt. But his amber eyes were ancient and cruel, as he said at last, my son told me what occurred on the river on Wednesday night. Which I'm like, you know what? I bet that he is like sexy as fuck. I'm just going to be honest and I'm <laughs> just going to say it. I do. I bet he is one sexy motherfucker, but then you're just like, mm, there's just, it's something's off. I bet it's very like heiress vibes. Again, very heiress vibes. And then, yeah, Rune is a good dog. <laughs> it's just too good. And then he said, Prince Rune. I was like, shut up. And then Prince Room deemed it necessary that I know since you might be in peril. And yet you waited three days, three fucking days again, folks. Mm -hmm. Were you hoping I'd be crucified too? Can we get any more obvious, Sarah Janet? And then he says, I've come to tell you that your security has been assured and that the governor knows that you were innocent in the matter and will not dare harm you even to punish Hunt Athlar. She snorted. Her father stilled. You are incredibly foolish if you think that would not be enough to break Athalar at last. Um, and then she says that Rune must have told him that too. And then she's like, I don't want to talk about this. Not with him, not with anyone. Fury had disappeared again. And while Juniper had message, Bryce kept the conversation brief. Yeah, because June's a bitch. So why do you think he said that? You are incredibly foolish if you think that would not be enough to break Athalar at last. 
Can he sense that they're like made it like, I think so. And then I also think that because here in just a minute, I think that he is basically seeing Bryce, how he saw him and Ember. I just wonder, that's a weird. Yeah. Also Faye can smell that shit. Yeah. Then the calls from her mother and Randall had started and then the big lies had begun. Bryce went back to work like she did the fucking last time. And then she basically said, I'm not talking about this. And then he said, you will talk about this with your king. A crackle, a crackling ember of his power set the first lights guttering. She said, you are not my king. And he says, legally, I am. You are listed as a half-faced citizen that places you under my jurisdiction, both in the city and as a member of the House of Sky and Breath. And then she says, so what is it you want to talk about? Your majesty. And then he says, have you stopped looking for the horn? And she says, doesn't matter. He says, it's a deadly artifact. Just because you learned the truth regarding Danica and Athelar doesn't mean whoever wishes to use it is done. And then she said, didn't Rune tell you Danica stole the horn on a lark and ditched it somewhere in one of her flying high as fuck kite moments. It was a dead end. At her father's frown, she explained, the Cristalos were all accidentally summoned by Danica and the others who took the sin. And then even if no enemy seeks it, it is worth ensuring that the horn does not fall in the wrong hands. And then Bryce says, only Fay hands, right? I thought your chosen one son was put on its tail. And then he says, he is otherwise occupied. And then she put, Rune must have told him to go fuck himself. (laughs) If you can think where Danica unloaded it in her synth high stupor, I'm all ears. And then it is no trivial matter. Even if the horn is long defunct, it still holds a special place in Faye history. It will mean a great deal to my people if it is recovered. I think with your professional expertise, such as a search would be of interest to you and your employer. And then he says, I loved your mother very much, you know. And yeah, so much you left he a scar on He skews the audio face. feeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before he says it. She could have sworn he flinched. Do not think I have not spent every moment since then regretting my actions, living in shame. And then she says, you could have fooled me. His power rumbled through the room. You are so much like her more than she never forgave anyone for anything. And then Bryce, I'll take that as a compliment. That fire burned and raged inside her head, her bones. Her father said quietly, I would have made her my queen. I had the paperwork ready. She blinked. How surprisingly unelitist of you. Her mother had never suggested, never hinted at it. She would have hated being queen. She would have said no. And then he put, she loved me enough to have said yes. And absolute certainty laced his words. You think that somehow erases what you did? No, nothing shall ever erase what I did. Let's skip the woe is me bullshit. You came here after all these years to tell me this crap. Her father looked at her for a moment and then strode for the door, opening it in silence. But he said before he stepped into the street, his red hair gleaming in the afternoon sunlight. I came here after all these years to tell you that you may be like your mother, but you are also more like me than you realize. His amber eyes, her own flickered, and that is not a good thing. And then just absolutely nothing on Hunt, no mention of him on the news, and not a whisper about whether the Umper Mortis was imprisoned or tortured or alive or dead. It's as if he never existed, that she had dreamed him up. It's our first little hint at, again at a dream. I don't know. And then chapter 69. I'm just going to keep it brief for you. Sandriel comes to visit Hunt and she fucking owns him again. I don't want to rehash that. It hurts. 
So, oh, this does say that Victoria was dumped. Oh, it's officially official, folks. So then we're going to go on to chapter 70. <laughs> you guys can self-endure the Sandriel bullshit because I can't. So Fury is waiting for Bryce when she gets home and tells Bryce that Micah gave Hunt away to Sandriel. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Sandriel had hung the carrot. Yeah, she shows. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to rehash that. We all get it. <laughs> we all get it. I just, oh, God. And then hearing Elizabeth, I was like, oh, it's even worse when it's being said to you mm-hmm. instead of just your own brain doing it. Fury decides to visit Bryce and then Fury gave Strings a look that stopped him in his tracks that made him sit his fluffy butt down on the carpet, lion's tail swaying and wait until she deigned to greet him. Fury did so after a heartbeat ruffling his velvety folded ears. She's the only one that he does that for. And then Fury says that she's got some news and Bryce, let me guess, you finally realize that black all the time is boring and want me to help you find some real person clothes. And then Fury says, look, I'm heading out a few days early to the summit. So I just thought you should know something before I go. And Bryce is like, you love me and you'll write often. And Fury's God, you're the worst. She's like, ever since I met you in that dumbass class, you've been the worst. I feel like that you would say that about me like 110%. <laughs> And she says, look, I'm going to tell you this, but I want you to first promise me that you won't do anything stupid. Um, And she's, I mean it. And then she tells that Micah gave Hunt away. Tells her that it was Sandriel. Fury says this afternoon, the bastard knew giving Hunt back to Sandriel was the bigger punishment than publicly crucifying him or shoving his soul in a box and dumping it into the sea. She and the other angels are headed to the summit tomorrow afternoon, and I have it on good authority that once the meeting's done next week, she'll go back to Pangera to keep dealing with the Ophian rebels, and Hunt will be in tow. Bryce feels like he deserved it. He fucking deserved everything. And if you're so concerned, I'll do something stupid. Why tell me at all? And Fury says, because I just thought that you should know. And then she says, Hunt dug his own grave, and Fury says, so you two weren't. No. And then she says, his scent is on you, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We lived in this apartment together for a month. I'd think it'd be. She said, don't bullshit me, Quinlan. And I'm not. Hunt is a liar. He lied to me. And Fury said, Danica did some fucked up or did some fucked up stuff, Bryce. You know that you always knew it and you laughed it off. Looked the other way, but I'm not sure Hunt was lying about that. And then she just finally confronts Fury about just not being there for her. And then she's like, why don't you go back to Pangera and ignore me for another two years? And she said, I didn't ignore you. And she said, you fucking did. You talked to June all the time and you dodged my calls. And she says, June is different. And then she said, yeah, I know the special one. And Fury's like, you nearly died that night, Bryce. And Danica did die. I gave you drugs. She said, I bought that mirth root and I bought that light seeker. I don't fucking care, Bryce. I got too close to all of you and bad things happen when I do that with people. She says, Juniper and I have something that is none of your fucking business. Um, and then she says that Juniper had never hinted, never suggested. And I could no sooner stop talking to her than I could rip out my own fucking heart. And then Bryce says, I get it. Love trumps all too fucking bad. Hunt hadn't realized that. Fury says, you and Danica were my friends. You were these two fucking stupid puppies that came bounding into my perfectly fine life. And then one of you was slaughtered and I couldn't fucking deal. Bryce tells her that 
she needed her here and that not only when Danica died, but that she felt like she lost her too and that she just walked away like it was nothing. Fury says, fuck, did Juniper not tell you anything? No, because Juniper was trying to decide to just smack her in the fucking face Mm -hmm. and then yell at her about dance class. And she says, look, I've been working through my own shit and it was fucked up and that I bailed like that. It's all just, it's more fucked up than Bryce. And then Fury's like, I need to call Juniper. And she's like, no. She says, is this a repeat of two winters ago? No. She said, well, have fun at the summit and see you in another two years. And then Fury said, don't make me regret telling you all of this. And Bryce is just like, I'm over it. Um, and then Fury's like, maybe let's hang out without screaming at each other. And then she said, it'll get better, Bryce. I know it's been shit, but it'll get better. She says, I promised Fury not to do anything stupid. I didn't say I would do something smart. <laughs> but she says she wouldn't lose another friend, especially not Hunt. Never Hunt. And then chapter 71, Hunt had a night to puke out his guts. That's <laughs> just how that sentence starts. But basically in this chapter, Bryce comes trying to get Hunt back. She says she wants to buy him for 97 million gold marks and has a check from Jessica Roga. She then takes off the Arkeesian Arkesian amulet and it is 15,000 years old and worth 3 million. She refuses her melting the amulet away to nothing. And so then Bryce asked to take her instead. Rune appears telling her to get up and Sandriel reveals that she knows who Bryce really is, that she is the only daughter of the autumn King. And so then Rune claims her as his sister and kin. And so then that way Sandriel can't take her. Hunt knows that she will keep fighting for him. So he tells her, I owe you nothing and you owe me nothing. Don't ever come looking for me again. And then she leaves and is attacked by the Crystallis demon and tackled into the waters of the river. And then chapter 72, Bryce is saved by Rune, Deck, and Flynn. And she tells Rune that he's dead to her and just deletes his contact info. And that's it, folks. (laughs) That is our Earth and Blood summary for chapters 49 through 72. Next week is the last hunk of Earth and Blood. And then we'll be going into Sky and Breath. And we're just another week closer to Flame and Shadow being released. I know. Wipe your brow. Take a breath. But thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. You can check out our regular theories episodes every Thursday. And we're still continuing to prepare for House of Flame and Shadow. You can follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Accord of Theories. Follow us on our personal pages. You can slide into our DMs or email us your theories at theories at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening and just another day closer to January 30th. And that's it. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye.